Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You've downloaded the Buckeye LeafCast with your host, Andrew T. Evans. With special guest, Chris Stefanik. Nice, 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 nice. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another edition of the Buckeye Leaf Cast. I'm your host, Andrew T. Evans, and joining me for this very, very momentous special edition of the show. Last regular season Buckeye Leaf Cast. We're ending it in style and joining me for it as he's done all year long. The one, the only, Mr. Intergalactic Buckeye fan celebrating a big Michigan win, Mr. Chris Stefani. Oh, man. Is that what I'm talking about or what? That was beautiful. Woo! You know? I mean, you, if you toss out the, like, the Rich Rod years, you know, which, Sucked. you know, he's he was just so freaking terrible in Michigan. This is the worst pounding that Ohio State has given Michigan since like the 30s. And this was with like a great coach. I mean, Harbaugh is a great coach. I mean, he turned them around from what did they have five wins last year to yeah. to nine already this year? Yeah. I mean, yeah. 10, 10, something like that. Yeah. Um, I, I, I mean, I told everybody, I knew, I knew, I knew, I knew that Jim Harbaugh coming in was going to make a pretty significant, immediate impact. And people said, oh, well, but look at what he did at Stanford. And look at what he did at San Diego. And, and you know, it took him a couple of years. I said, no, folks, this is different. This is Michigan. This is the school that he went to. It's his alma mater. This is He knows what it takes to be a Michigan man. He knows what it's going to take to turn the program around immediately and inject a little enthusiasm and excitement to be part of that Michigan program immediately. And I'd say he was pretty successful in doing so. Now, did he have the kind of season immediately that Brady Hoke did? No. But, but... I'd say going nine and three after, you know, steadily declining under Brady Hoke in his four years is is something to be said. Yeah, yeah. I mean it's it's not like starting twenty four and oh like um, you know, some coach that we happen to root for, but uh but <laughs> it was uh you know, he did a pretty good job. You know, I mean the in both cases, you know, when Meyer went twenty four and oh his first two years at Ohio State and when Harbaugh went nine and three this year, in both cases, the cupboard was not bare. So it's unlike what Penn state's going through right now. Franklin got, you know, a quarterback, you know, maybe a quarterback and a couple other guys. And then like a water boy, you know, Harbaugh, if you look at the, the rankings for, for Michigan, he inherited the recruiting rankings. I mean, if you look at the recruiting rankings, Harbaugh inherited a team that has the second most talent, in the conference behind Ohio state. I mean, they've been clearly ahead of Michigan state all through the Hoke years. So, you know, that that's a team filled with talent and it just was lacking good coaching. Yeah. 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 So, but a huge win there on Saturday, Chris, uh, 
We did indeed witness the most lopsided win in Urban Meyer's career over T-Ton, as a lot of people like to refer them to uh, as that team up north. I like to call them those bastards up north, the assholes up north, the pieces of crap up north. I, whatever I like you want to say. The, the meat chickens, yes. Or, as I am now going to refer them to, uh, because of you, sir, those smelly rodents. The Smelly Rodents. That is their new name as far as I'm concerned. The Smelly Rodents. Ohio State posting a 42-13 to victory over the Michigan Wolverines this past Saturday. Eighth-ranked Buckeyes. Tenth-ranked Wolverines. Um, after the first half, though, Chris, I'm telling you what. I really thought that, that, that Ohio State was in for a dogfight. I just I, – I, 14 to 10. Michigan goes down right after Ohio State scores a touchdown to make it uh, 14 to three. They answer back a minute left to go in the in the first half. They score. It's 14 to 10. I'm thinking, okay, we are in for a dogfight. And instead, Ohio State just came out and absolutely manhandled Michigan's offense there in the second half, limited him to 139 yards. Only five rushing yards did Michigan have the entire second half. They had, what, 55, I think, total for the game. So complete and utter dominance mm -hmm. there in the second half by the Buckeyes. So um, what, were, what went right for the Buckeyes? Why were they able to completely lambaste Michigan? And I'll give you my synopsis, and I think you're going to probably touch on a few points that I'd like to get to as well. But first, I want, I want to hear your, uh, your breakdown of the big win against the Smelly Rodents. Okay, well, first, on the offensive side of the ball, we finally, finally saw the team that we saw at the end of last year. You know, the Ohio State, at the end of last year, they were like the Death Star on offense and were just crushing people. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, it's like versus Alabama versus Oregon, you know, they, they just kept running it. And those teams knew they were running it, and it didn't matter. The offensive line was so big and nasty, and, and Zeke was just so phenomenal that it didn't matter. They would still open holes. You know, they, uh, they, I mean, they just dominated up front. And this year, uh, you know, we just hadn't seen that. I mean, outside of like, you know, I guess maybe the Rutgers game, but I mean, I don't even know if that even counts because Rutgers is just so bad, you know. And the offense finally came out, and that offensive line was just nasty and dominated. So I would say that's one thing. The offensive line, I, I think they maybe just needed a loss to wake them up, yep. you know. And the other thing I would say, and this is a, a really big difference between Michigan State and Michigan, is, you know, versus the Spartans, they had nine and 10 guys in the box the entire game. And Meyer was just like, I don't give a shit. I'm going to keep running up the middle. I don't care. <laughs> Versus Wolverines, it was like, I mean, there was, I, I, outside of the goal line, I don't think I saw them with more than seven. You know, at the goal line, you almost have to have more than seven in the box because otherwise your safeties are standing out of bounds out of the back of the end zone, you know? So, but the outside of that, I don't know that they ever brought more than seven in the box, even on like third and one. I mean, there was times where they had just six in the box and I'm like, even when at one point they, Ohio state ran at seven consecutive plays and, and this was, it was either JT Barrett or Ezekiel Elliott. They were just running like zone read, zone read, zone read, seven consecutive plays. They never brought an extra guy in the box. Now, I mean, if you can play a team straight up, just, you know, seven guys in the box and you can contain the run. Great. You know, that puts you in a really good spot to stop the pass and all that. But but if you can't stop it, I mean, at some point you have to just say, OK, um, we're going to bring that safety up. And if we get hit with the, the pass over the top, so be it. And they just they uh, I, got, I don't know if they were 
just being um, stubborn or, or what, but they would not bring a guy up. And, ha- and how they, they could do that after watching what Michigan State did the week prior by just crowding the box, I, I, I was just totally dumbfounded. I'm like, I'm like, hallelujah. I'm glad you guys are idiots and didn't look at the Michigan State tape. But, <laughs> you know, um, I, I, I'm still scratching my head. Why, I, why would at some point, you know, bef- some point long before Ohio State had 370 yards rushing, at what point do you say, you know what? They're getting seven yards of carry. We need to you know, make an adjustment and bring a safety up. I mean, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm dumbfounded. I'm dumbfounded too. And, um, you know, Michigan was decimated by some injuries on the defensive line throughout the year. So I think Ohio State benefited from that. But even still, coming into that game, Michigan had allowed 79 yards rushing per game. And granted, those stats might have been a little bit skewed um, because of the the domination that they displayed uh, earlier in the year. Um, and a couple of injuries, once again, you know, kind of, of, of hurt them on that defensive line. But in that regard, you're right. At what point do you not say, OK, we're hurt up front. They're obviously, you know, destroying our defensive line. We need to stack the box a little bit more. And if you watch... If you go back and watch that game, look at look at just some of the missed tackles that their their linebackers had. I mean, I I thought that their linebackers were supposed to be at least halfway decent, and maybe that that's the mark of being halfway decent is when you face uh, an offense that Ohio State has and the talent that they have up front in the backfield, just all around. You know, they could get away with some of those missed tackles, if you will, in some of those other games, and that just wasn't going to fly against Ohio State. Uh, and you just mentioned it, uh, Ohio State, 370 yards, and you know, technically 369, a season high. Um, they start the season and they end the season, um, posting huge numbers on the ground against Virginia Tech, 359 yards against Michigan, 369 yards. Um, my thing was this, and Urban Meyer said it after the game, um, that he put Ed Warner up in the press box to call the offensive plays. First time mm. yep. all season long. It took him 11 games to figure out that Ed Warner needs to be up in the press box. And once he got in the press box, it was like night and day. I mean, this was finally the offense that everybody was wanting and expected to see all season long. And he finally does it. And it was interesting. I don't know if you heard or read uh, any of the postgame quotes or interviews that some of the players gave uh, after the win, but Taylor Decker... The first thing that that he said before he fielded any questions from anybody, Chris, was he immediately began defending Ed Warner and saying, you know, all season long, people have been on his case and saying he's not a good offensive coordinator and this and that and the third. And I just want to say that, you know, you saw the end result. You saw what Ed Warner's capable of and Tim May started asking him a question and and he Taylor Decker cut Tim May off and was like, you know, basically like, nah, I mean, he literally was like, no, 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 now. 
and kept going in his defense of Ed Warner. So obviously the kids have a ton of respect for Ed Warner. Um, and once again, you see the end result, putting him in the press box, calling the offensive plays. And there you go. They went nuts offensively. Yeah. And Tim May is like royalty when it comes to Columbus media. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and Taylor Decker was quick to, to like, now hold on, Tim, I've still got some more to say. So before you start <laughs> asking questions, let me finish. I mean, that's obviously not what he said verbatim, but that was basically <laughs> how he uh, how he how he cut Tim May off. So um, but yeah, it, you know, um, some more thoughts uh, as far as as this offense was concerned. Well, you know what? How about the defense? Because we all saw what the offense did. Zeke went crazy. Two hundred and fourteen yards, 30 carries. Um, but what about the defense, man? I mean, the defense, I thought, played lights out, too. Yeah, no, I mean, Michigan was a really strong running team. And they held him to 57 yards. I think they were averaging, what, 170 a game or something, something like on the ground? Yeah. yeah. So, and then th that forced them to, to have to throw the ball. And when you got to throw the ball and you're playing against this Buckeye defense, the, those silver bullets, your quarterback's going to get hit. Cool. And, you know, I told one of my friends who's a Wolverine fan, Ooh. I said, just be glad that you played Ohio State late. You know, I mean, I'm not, I'm not, I haven't seen what the injury report is on Rudock. Maybe he's just fine and will be able to play in a week or so, but that looked pretty nasty. And I'm like, this is, by my count, this is the eighth QB that Ohio State has injured. Now, some of them got knocked out for a few plays and then came back later in the game. And some of them got knocked out for two months, you know, but by my count, eight different guys. They, in, in one game, they, they injured two different guys. I remember that. So, oh, yeah. Yeah, it, uh, yeah, Michael Brewer. Hello. Yeah, and, and like the the, uh, the the backup had to get help off the field at, at one play, and um, you know, so it's like if you're gonna play this Ohio State team, it's like man, you're uh, you I mean, if you're a quarterback, you you've got to be like you know having nightmares or something because they, those guys get after it. You know, I, Joey Bo Bosa, that guy's amazing. Uh, Adolphus Washington. Uh, I mean, what a pleasure it has been to have yep. those on that team this year. Because yep. because Ohio State's offense hasn't been what it was last year, the defense has really carried the team. I, without the defense making the steps forward that it did, then uh, you know I don't know that we'd be talking about a one-loss team right now. We probably you know we might be talking about two or three. You know they um they were really strong. Absolutely unbelievable dominant performance on Saturday. Um, yeah, holding Michigan in the second half to three points. Like I said, 139 total yards and five yards on the ground. Uh, put Jake Rudock into the turf, did Mr. Bosa. Um, there's a great picture from uh, one of the photographers from Saturday's game. Um, that that shows this this picture of and it's Adolphus Washington. He's smacking Rudolph and uh, Rudolph is um, I, it was one of the passes where it wasn't a fumble, but, you, you know, it, it, he was his arm is just barely coming forward and he's losing the ball. And um, Washington's face is just I mean, he's just got that incredible halt kind of look on it. Just like I'm, <laughs> I'm I'm ready to just plant your ass in the turf, dude. Like just 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 hammering them, and that was their attitude 
and then the entire second half, they just uh, they came to play. And um, I asked Josh Perry after the game, and Darren Lee was asked before him, you know, what did you guys do there in the second half to lock things down? And they both just said nothing. I mean, like, uh, not nothing, but, you know, was there some sort of speech given at halftime? Or, you know, what was it that, that, that motivated you guys to come out and play the way you did in the second half? And they were both like, nothing. Like, we just kept you know, playing our assignments and we just, you know, kept executing and, uh, you know, I figured Meyer would have gone in there and, you know, really gave him a, you know, rah, rah, let's go win one for the Gipper kind of halftime speech, you know, but according to them, there was nothing really crazy that was said at halftime to get them motivated to come out and play the way they did. And that just kind of says to me that Michigan just gave up just gave up in the second half. And I think when Ohio State came out and they scored on that opening drive of the third quarter, that was the deflator in Michigan's sales. Because after that happened, Michigan just seemed uninspired. So no speeches that involve toughness and turtles at halftime? <laughs> or smelly rodents. I mean, they didn't like, you know... They weren't they weren't uh, barbecuing a dead skunk uh, or, you know, any other... St- uh, sort of smelly rodent. I, no, I guess not. You know, I guess not. So, um, but it was a, um, it was just, yeah, just an incredible game, man. So you got to be happy with the way that the, the Buckeyes, you know, kicked Michigan's, kicked Michigan's ass on their home field. And yeah. you, you had said, uh, thrown out a stat earlier, <clears throat> and I believe that that was the worst loss by Michigan to Ohio State on their home field since like 1961 that was a stat i did see out there somewhere now whether you know that's the case or not i didn't do my homework on it uh too uh too much admittedly but um my favorite stat coming into the day michigan had surrendered five rushing tds on the season (laughs) versus ohio state they surrendered five Five. more they <laughs> they doubled their total doubled in it. one game. They had the whole year. Yeah, that so. is just absolutely amazing. So I think that this game also showed, dude, what kind of motivator Urban Meyer is. I mean, like oh you God. just said, I guess it took a loss for these guys to really, you know, recognize their potential. And you and I talked about it that night. That night, we didn't get it on tape. We're doing it now. But we talked about it a little bit that night after the game that I guess Ohio State just needed to get beat to realize their potential. And you look at what happened last year after the Virginia Tech game. Of course, they never lost again. And after they lose to Michigan State, all of a sudden, they wake up, they put Ed Warner in the press box, and they're a whole new team, a completely different team. Yeah. Yeah. D'Antonio had said after the Michigan state game, he was, he was smiling of course. And he's like, it's how great is it to be the one doing the chasing? He's like all year long, we've been favored. This is the first game where we came in, we were two touchdown underdogs and it felt so good to come in as the underdog. And you're right. I mean, when Meyer has a team that people are doubting that a team that's, that's lost a team that, uh, that is underdog. I mean, all last year, those last three games of the season, the, the monumental run they had, they were underdogs in all three games. Yep. 
when yes, Meyer has a team like that in that situation, it's, you know, he's just the master motivator. I don't know if you know this, but he's got a degree in psychology. So <laughs> he gets in their heads, you know, <laughs> that kind of says like, something right there about his ability to psych people up and psych people out. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, you know, you almost want them to, to be underdogs every game. You know, I was actually, when, when they dropped from being number one, to first they went to number two, I think, and then they went slid all the way to number three, or maybe they went straight from one to three. Regardless, when they did that, I was actually happy because I'm like, oh hey, well first of all, they weren't, they didn't look like a better team than Clemson or Alabama, so I was okay with it. Right. But secondly, I'm like, hey, maybe Meyer can sit here and motivate these guys. Hey, you know, you're the defending national champions. You've got one 23 games in a row. They're not even ranking you first place. You know, they've got a team with a loss ahead of you, a team that you just beat in that 23 game streak ahead of you. You know, and I, I was hoping he would use that, but it just it wasn't enough, you know. And, you know, it's like maybe the Michigan State game is a blessing in disguise because they played as bad as they played versus Michigan State. They still had a shot to win that game. They very easily, like, you know, one play goes a different way. They very easily could have won that game. So if they win that game versus Michigan State and then come in and, uh, and lay an egg versus mm-hmm, Michigan mm-hmm. and lose to Michigan, how bad would that feel? I mean, I'd much yeah. rather lose to Michigan State. And, and you know what? They'd still, in that scenario, the Wolverines would be playing in the Big Ten title game. Exactly. You want to talk about feeling bad. I mean, that would be awful to lose to Michigan and they go on and have a shot at winning the title while Ohio State's sitting there watching. I mean, so I'm like, you know, hey, you know, it, it sucked that Ohio State, we, we never got the team that we had last year, even though everybody came back until the Michigan game. But at least we've got them. You know, we could have just, they could have just never showed up. You know, that, that team finally showed up and it showed up in time to beat the smelly rodents.
With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.